Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. This is about Jesus cleansing the 10 lepers. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever met someone or experienced something that was truly life-changing? Was there a moment in your life that radically reoriented who you were and helped you become who you are today? Can you think of a person, maybe a teacher in school, who helped you learn or a mentor in your um, career, in your life, who had just the right words to speak to you to help you take that next step in your life, in your job, in your career? We all have those people, don't we? We've all been through those moments in our lives where we didn't really know the way that we should go or what it is that we should do when someone came to us with a word, with confidence to help us take that next step. I want to ask you a second question. Have you ever thanked them? Have you ever thanked them for their role in your life? Have you ever written a note or had a chance to sit down with them just to simply say, thank you. You were the one who had the word at the right time in my life. Those moments of giving thanks can be just as powerful as those first moments when that wisdom or knowledge or insight was shared with you. They can bring back a flood of memories to remind you who you were and who you are today. Moments of thanksgiving can be life-changing. This morning, our scripture text is about a group of men who each have their lives radically transformed the different responses that these men have to God's work in their life. So if you will, just open up uh, your Bible to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19, or open up your bulletin. Uh, The verses are printed there for you to be able to read along. We're just going to walk through this text. Luke 17, 11. 
The story that Luke shares with us begins this way. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. The border between Samaria and Galilee, these two lands that were adjacent to each other. Other translations of this verse will say that Jesus was traveling in between the lands of Samaria and Galilee in this in-between space, this thin space between two places where you could easily go from, from one place to another, from Samaria to Galilee and Galilee back into Samaria. Jesus is in this in-between place. And what you'll notice throughout the Gospels is that when Jesus performs miracles, often it's in in-between places. It's in places between here and there. And in all of our lives, there are those in-between places, aren't there? Those thin places. The Scriptures say as He was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met Him. These men would have met Him outside of the city gates, and they had a condition. The name of the condition is this, Sarah-ath. It's spelled this way. You can see it up on the screen here. Sarah-ath, T-S-A-R-A-A-T-H. Maybe you can't see it next time. (laughs) It's a scary word. It's a big Hebrew word for leprosy or skin disease. This disease that actually made these ten men unclean. It's believed that not only did these men have scaly patches on their skin that caused them uh, to be ostracized from the community, but they also developed a, a, a disorder that affected their nervous system. So that as these white patches developed on their hands and arms and extremities, the musculature of their hands and extremities would also be affected. So they would have hands like claws, leprosy, and lepers were feared in the ancient world. So much so that if someone were to get a skin blemish or, or some sort of infection on their skin, they would have to go and present themselves to the priest to be sure that it wasn't leprosy. It wasn't Sarah-ath. And if it was a temporary skin condition, they would be sent out from the camp until the skin condition was returned. But these men didn't have a temporary condition. They had a debilitating condition. So debilitating that it required that they lived outside of the city walls. So these ten men, they're excluded from civic life. They were outside, outsiders and ostracized by their community. They couldn't enter the temple or even the city. Lepers in Jesus' time were even banished from their families. They were considered to be afflicted by God. People believe that their outward and visible signs on their skin was a sign of their sinfulness. These people outside of cities, these lepers, were object lessons on what it meant to be covered in sin and to be cast out. Leviticus 13 tells us that lepers like these men are to stay at a distance from everyone, and if anyone comes near, they should cover their mouths and shout, Unclean! Unclean! so that everyone could take plenty of leave from them. So Jesus is traveling between Samaria and Galilee in this in-between place when He comes upon these ten lepers. Luke's story continues. 
He says they stood at a distance as they normally did, right? They were always keeping themselves at a distance from people. They were always keeping themselves far away from others. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. These men, they aren't just shouting their normal refrain of unclean, unclean. They're at the city walls saying, Jesus, Lord, have mercy. Have pity on us. These men understood that there was no way back from their condition. But they'd heard about a man named Jesus who once reached out his hand and touched a leper. And that leper's skin was healed and he was made whole. These ten men standing outside of the city gates had surely spent their days crying out for people to avoid them, to keep them at a distance. But on this day, as they cry out for pity, for mercy from Jesus, something different happens. Because they know that this man, this Jesus, has the power to heal them and make them whole. To heal broken people, even lepers like them. And Jesus does the unthinkable. Rather than avoid these men, Jesus continues to draw closer to them. He continues to move toward them. This would have been completely out of the ordinary for these ten men, but it's not out of character for Jesus. Because Jesus is always moving towards the broken. Jesus is always moving towards the wounded. Jesus is always moving toward the outcast and the sinner and the broken. Jesus is always moving toward them and moving toward us. I don't know what it is that you might be facing this morning. I don't know what it is that you might be going through that makes you feel like you have been separated from civic life, like you've been separated from the community, like you're not good enough or you're too broken. I don't know what it is that you may have going on in your life, but I want you to know that Jesus sees you and he hears your cries and he's moving toward you. The world will tell you, that the best thing to do is to walk away from people who were broken and lost. But our Savior doesn't do that. Jesus keeps coming toward them. These ten men who were invisible for most people. These ten men whose cries in the past had fallen on deaf ears. Jesus keeps coming toward them. And verse 14 says, when He saw them, He said, go and show yourselves to the priest. He didn't shout to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Jesus is close enough to these ten lepers to have a conversation with them. And He says to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they began to be healed. These ten men cry out for Jesus to show them pity, to show them mercy. And Jesus responds by doing more than that. Jesus heals them. And He sends them back to the priest who had forced them to leave their families and forced them to leave the community and live on the outskirts of town. Jesus sends them back to be restored. The passage says that as they went, they were cleansed. Now you might read that as a miracle of healing, and it is. The scales that covered these men began to fall away. Their fingers and hands were strengthened. And restored, and the Sarah Ath that had afflicted them 
was no more. The external condition that separated them from their community, the external condition that separated them from their family was remedied that. Not only that, but they were restored back into right relationship with the community and ultimately with God. These men are now no longer objects, object lessons about the corrupting power of sin. They're free to live again. They get a new start, a new chance. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus sees people who are cut off and shut out and overlooked. Jesus sees people who are broken by sin, and all of us are, and He doesn't turn and go the other way. He comes near to us. And He stretches His hand out to heal us. So friends, if you think that you are so broken, so sinful, so afflicted that you can't be healed, you need to know that Jesus sees you that Jesus hears your cries, and that Jesus is here today to offer you healing, to offer you hope, to offer you eternal life and a new start with Him. You, too, can be redeemed and restored just like these ten lepers. You can have a new start at life. But what's interesting in this story is what happens next. Luke writes, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came, he came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And oh, by the way, he was a Samaritan, the least of the least. This wasn't a, a Jewish man afflicted by leprosy, by Sarahath. This is a Samaritan man. Now, I don't want you to miss what's just happened in this Scripture text. Ten men had a dynamic encounter with Jesus. Ten men had cried out for mercy, and Jesus heard them and saw them and responded by healing them and restoring them. Ten men were healed. Ten men were cleansed. But only one came back to Jesus to give thanks and praise to God. Ten men were healed, but only one turned and came back. And not just anyone but the Samaritan among the group. Y'all, ten were healed. Only one of them, after having his life radically transformed by an encounter with Jesus, turns and gives praise. Which causes Jesus to ask the question in verse 17, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Oftentimes when we read and we hear this passage in Luke, we read ourselves into the story of the Samaritan whose leprosy was healed. We remember the times that we were kept at a distance. The times that we were separated from our community, from our family, from full participation because of our sinfulness or our brokenness or the bad choices that we had made in our lives. And we remember that time that we met Jesus. We remember the time when we were healed. Some of us can even recall the day that we met Jesus and where we were in that moment when we felt that healing take place where we first said yes to Jesus' offer of salvation. I can tell you that I laid down on the floor of the Clyde Chapel in Richmond Hill United Methodist Church on that red carpet before the altar. 
to say yes to Jesus' offer of salvation and of healing. When I was at my lowest, when I was broken and poured out, Jesus put me back together. Some of you have stories just like mine. You had that dynamic encounter. The question is, what did you do next? Did you receive the healing? Did you receive that grace? Did you receive the gospel? Did you receive salvation? If you did, what did you do next? The scriptures say that nine of them, 90% of the crowd that have been healed, they went on their way. Thank you, Jesus. I got stuff I got to get to. They went back to business. They went back to busyness. And it's only the Samaritan who turns and comes back to Jesus, laying himself prostrate at Jesus' feet to begin worshiping him. I wonder how many of us, after having our lives radically transformed by Jesus, have actually turned back to give Him thanks and praise. And I wonder how many of us who've been healed looked at our lives the way those lepers did their skin and hands as they were healed and just went back to business as usual. I wonder how many of us have been healed but have never given thanks. Friends, I want to let you in on a secret. Jesus doesn't just want to heal the condition that afflicts you. He doesn't want to settle for shedding some skin that will cause you to be made acceptable by community standards. Jesus is in the business of healing the heart. Nine men's skin was healed. Only one's heart was changed. Friends, Jesus doesn't want to just be Lord over part of your life. He wants to be Lord of your whole life. He doesn't just want to save and transform one slice of you. He wants to save and transform every single part of you. Jesus' desire is that He would be Lord of the fullness of who you are. And the Samaritan gets this. He understands that his life, having been redeemed and restored by Jesus, is no longer his own. He understands that the right response to God's powerful healing in, in his life is worship and thankfulness. He understands instinctively what Paul tells us in Romans 12.1. Where he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Not just to give a wave and a thank you to Jesus, but to come back to Him after having your life radically transformed and offering the fullness of who you are to Him in praise and thanksgiving. Your true and proper worship in response to a God who has healed you and is healing you, who has and is making you whole, who has and is saving you, is worship and thankfulness. It's a life lived in response to God's powerful work in your life and His redeeming work on the cross. 
Because friends, don't miss this. At the end of the day, we are all lepers. And our sinfulness has separated us from God and people. We are held at a distance and we hold others at a distance. And it's our sin that stands between us. It's our brokenness that stands between us. It's the hurt and the heartache and pain that stands between us. But here and now, even today, Jesus has drawn near and is offering us healing and hope through His life, death, and resurrection. He's here today offering you and offering me a chance to be made well. And I believe that today some of you are going to say yes, maybe for the first time, to that offer of healing and wholeness and redemption. And that's a wonderful thing. And I'll celebrate with you that moment. What what I really want to know is what are you going to do next? Are you going to keep walking? Are you going to get busy and get back to business? Or will you lay your life down at the feet of of the one who has made you well? Will you offer your life back to the one who created you? The one who sustained you? The one who's redeemed you? Will you receive it? Will you give thanks? And will you praise him for what he's done? Let us pray. Jesus, we thank You that there is no condition that separates us from You. That even when we feel like we are completely broken, that we are utterly sinful, that You still draw near to us. And You don't draw near to us, God, with words of condemnation, but instead words that bring hope and life and healing and restoration. You speak to us kindly, God. And You invite us into a relationship with You. And so we pray today, God, that we would have the confidence to call out to You. To say, Jesus, Master, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. So that we can receive the healing that we need. And we pray, God, that we would not just be satisfied with getting back to life as it was after receiving that healing, after receiving that salvation, Lord, but instead that we would turn back to You and say, Lord, Jesus, be my Master. Be my all in all. Be the source of my thankfulness. Be the source of my praise. For You are the source of life for me. Lord, give us the confidence to cry out. Give us the confidence to to give praise. And help us to live as those who have been redeemed and restored. In You, through You, and by You. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.